Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine, sitting across from the table from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks, and I do want to say I appreciate a little bit more upbeat this I was, time. I was just going to say, people might be like, we're, we're back to the, to the upbeat, to the regular introduction after a loss, but unlike many people in Packers media, I do believe in moral victories. Both of us are feeling a little more up, despite the a fact that our boys went into Buffalo, came up 10 points short. You know, as always, we're going to break it down. We're going to talk trade deadline. We're going to talk all of it more in depth than you ever thought you needed to know. But first, <laughs> let's get to our weekly segment, I Think and I Know. And I think I will start us off. Okay, I like that. Go for it. I think that we have a solution here at the offensive line. Now, what it seems to be is it's like, all right, which all-pro player is going to be out this week? Yeah, that's been very unfortunate. Bakhtiari one week, Elton the other. In both situations, they were like 90, like there were scratches 90 minutes before game time. Extremely last second. Yeah, last minute. You don't really have time for a major reshuffle. But in the interim, Zach Tom has filled in for both of them. Granted, in this game against Buffalo, he did get power rushed early, but then I think responded well. The offense line as a whole, just last week, pretty good game. Rodgers only sacked twice, and I don't know if you heard, but we ran for over 200 yards. And our boys, Mr. Dillon Mr. Jones, are pretty good, but they cannot, they can't go through an entire defense. So the boys are making holes for them. Going forward, ideally, Elton's in there, and then if Zach Tom is what Lucas Patrick used to be, but instead of center and guard, he's just whatever guard and tackle. He's just like our swing every position except for center. Josh Myers goes down. I guess it's, uh, what's his face? Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen. Ooh, basically Royce Newman at center. I mean, Zach Tom can play center. I believe he did a little bit in college. Actually. All right, I stand corrected. So Zach Tom is now our backup for every single position on the offensive line. Not trying to get too far ahead of us, but Bakhtiari's health is a question. What are we going to do in the offseason if he's still hit or miss? Could we let him go? It's a possibility. If that is the case, it is nice that we're getting Zach Tom these reps now, even if it isn't, you know, ideal. Like he shouldn't be in the starting right. five, but it seems like with how offensive line health is going, he's going to continue to get reps. I was much happier with the offensive line this week and last week too, as opposed to previous weeks. No, I'd agree. And I think one of the key parts here, like you said, is Zach Tom, right? He's basically become Jenkins Jr., as in he can fill in literally anywhere we need him to. Yeah, I like that. I Mm -hmm. like that he was the answer to all of our offensive line problems, essentially depth piece-wise. Royce (laughs) Newman. And uh, some of us have been calling for that for basically the entire year at this point. Yeah, some of us. um, Very happy about that. Very, very happy that the offensive line has solidified and has also come up with a backup plan for if one of your guys are out. So... That, that'll be huge for us going forward and really liked what I saw out of the push they were able to get. They are much better in run blocking than pass blocking still. Agreed. I think that's not a huge surprise. But they're also not complete turnstiles. There's not Correct. an automatic free pass for somebody on the defensive line. A.K.A. whoever was lined up against Royce Newman. Yeah. That's why you're my co-host. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that one. Okay, I'm going to go with... I think, I think this wide receiver room 
may end up being all right, which is good. I'm going to take glass half full approach here. We'll talk about the trade deadline a little bit later, but spoiler alert for anybody listening to this, we did not get another wide receiver. We did not. So I, we have a lot of injury issues right now, right? We have the ghost of Sammy Watkins because he's useless at this point. We have Christian Watson getting hurt his first play back. Paper mache Watson. I like as that. As per your me. <laughs> as per your me. <laughs> right, and then we have uh, Randall Cobb hurt and Lazard hurt. But I really liked where I saw the young guys. I really, really liked it. Honestly, I was I was thinking that was going to be my I know because, yeah, man, I mean, you look at the young guys, right? You look at that receiving core going in. Romeo Dobbs, up and down. He's been much more down lately. He has, I would say, the game of his NFL career against Buffalo. Yeah, that, that catch was insane. Samari Toure doing some... This is going to be a hot take, but like Jordy Devante, you know, having a route, seeing the hole in the defense mm-hmm. and then just taking it. That was kind of a dig on Dobbs earlier is that there was open space and you wouldn't go to it. And Samari's like, I'm listening in those team meetings. Okay, I'm going to take the safety one way and I'm going to break his back the other way. Beautiful. Extend the play with Rodgers. Even. I know. I know oh, what's coming. I can't. I can't get it. Even Amari Rodgers. He had in a, a passing game, had some catch. nice plays. Yeah, yep. he had a he had a contested catch in the fourth quarter when we're making our comeback down the sideline. He didn't look bad. No, he didn't. He looks like a competent receiver. It was great to see. I mean, it was kind of crazy that you know you're looking for receivers. Receivers once Watson goes down, you're like all right, it has to be Sammy Watkins, and he was the least factor. He had like he did one nothing. catch. Yeah, one catch, three yards, useless. But the young guys, yeah, and it just we're trying to find positivity, mm. right? I don't think either of us are thinking the season's over. But even if you are somehow in that boat, you've got to be feeling good. Even without Christian Watson, we'll see about you know his future and if he can ever stay healthy. But the the development of those three, we're seeing some flashes. It was really exciting to see. It was, and I think you know you you add Lazard back in, you add Randall Cobb back in, you add. Hopefully, Christian Watson back in. Yeah, you feel all right. You feel all right. Obviously, I would have loved to make a move. I would love to have Devontae Adams back. You know, I'd love to have a true dog at number one. But if if the young guys can make some plays, we know Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard will be there when we need them. We just kind of forget Sammy Watkins is on the team. Mm-hmm. I think we can be okay in the yeah. past game. And I think, too, with what we showed in the running game, like, it, it was a beautiful tandem. Everyone was comparing this game to when we played Arizona a couple of years back. And obviously, Buffalo's offense is a lot more potent than Arizona's was. So although we did dominate on the on the ground and Aaron was efficient through the air, yeah. the outcome is different because of how strong Buffalo's offense is. Correct. But with how strong the running game is, these guys are doing just enough. Like, I didn't feel... If you insert Chase Claypool into that game, I don't think it's crazy different or like one of these guys we're going to trade for i don't think it's that much of a difference no i'd agree yeah i'd agree all right i know that we need to make some changes in the secondary because we have a couple of guys that just really look like they have no interest in playing football for the green bay packers yeah i was kind of thinking about this as potentially my i know as well and then i looked over at your list i'm like ah all right two minds think alike so front runner there is darnell savage who as so many other people have put it, has become high Clinton Dix. He just doesn't yeah. seem interested. Will not tackle. Will, yeah, he is He is probably 
the worst tackling safety I have ever seen in the NFL. He is athletic as all get out, but so is Darren Sproles. And I wouldn't want Darren Sproles playing safety either. Honestly, he may be a better choice. Darren Sproles has better hands, though, on the occasion that, you know. And so much heart. He does. And Darnell Savage just doesn't seem interested. No, he'll fly down into the hole to try to fit a run gap and then just kind of flail at the dude and the dude keeps running and he falls down. Every time. Every time. Every time. So you have him and then Eric Stokes, who is... I mentioned last week is giving up a ridiculous passer rating. You're seeing him on some running plays or plays that aren't directly in his direction. He's walking around. His body language is terrible. So I think out of the two guys, the more likely switch would occur with Savage. And there's a couple options. You bring in Rudy Ford. It's basically like you have two strong safeties, which for the people at home, you usually want the free safety, which is Savage to be a little more nimble, a little more, of a ball hawk, right, to make up feel, to make up grass, right? Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be the eraser, which Darnell Savage does nothing but erase the hope I have in the secondary. But you know what Rudy Ford does? Is he plays his ass off, and he's going to go hit somebody. So he hustles. I would much rather have Rudy Ford in, and then he sometimes get beat because he's not quite as fast than just watching Darnell Savage give half an effort. I think, actually, he may be faster. The dude's an absolute freak. What's interesting about our safeties is is you would think Savage is the prototypical free safety, right? If we were playing Madden. On he's Madden, 100%. he is. He's his the, rookie year, he was. Right. But his best play was actually when they kind of brought him down into the star, robber, whatever position you want to call it. You kind of bring him down and let him roam the middle and not play deep. And Amos is great deep because he just you just doesn't get beat deep. Nope. He, he pays attention to his assignments and plays accordingly. So I think that could give us some flexibility with having Rudy Ford in. And and kind of how we deploy them. And that's an option, too, though, talking about you could bring Darnell Savage down to the star, into the nickel, which also means... Play you, the man in the slot. I mean, do something. But if you do that, then you can move. The option could be you could put in Rudy Ford at free safety, or some people have talked about bringing in Razul, which I know you don't like because he isn't the fastest guy in the world. I don't love it, but... But he it, is good in zone coverage when he's reading the quarterback's eyes, which is... 90% of the time what the free safety does. I'd, I'd have to see it on the field. And know? I hope we see it because I don't want to see I don't want to see the traditional group that we've been going with. Well, I think part of the problem with that is you're going to you're going to res- going, going good god, guys. Yeah, are you mean tonight? You're going to see Rasul play for Stokes a little bit. That kind of already happened in this game. Stokes kind of got benched and Rasul had to go outside again. At some points Nixon shows more heart. I should rephrase that. Nixon always shows more heart. At some points, I would rather see Nixon out there than Stokes. Okay. I think like, you just got to kind of keep growing with, with Stokes. You don't necessarily want him to, to hurt you, but he's second-year player, still really young, was kind of raw coming out of college anyways. We were shocked at how good he played, I think, last year. I'm hoping he can work through some of this. And some of it's technique on passing plays. But just like Savage, like they must hang out and they're like, yo, man, you see a running play? Psh, we ain't going by that shit. <laughs> we ain't going there. So if it's running downs, if it's a running situation, put in Keyshawn Nixon, put in Razul. Like, until they can show that they're actually going to attack the run. Like the fact that Devontae Wyatt gets to more plays than Eric Stokes does is deeply concerning. Down the field, yeah. I see what you're saying. I you're see 10. It. Okay, since you kind of kind of took what I was going to talk about. I am pivoting. Audibling, if you will. I will. I know. 
that Aaron Rodgers is still in there. What we love about Aaron Rodgers is still in there. I feel like this was truly the first game of the season that we saw our boy Aaron Rodgers. Even that throw to Dubs that was in triple coverage, poor decision. I think he still hit him on the helmet. That was still a hell of a throw. Hell of a throw. He had that absolute dime to Amari Rodgers, right? Dime to Romeo Dobbs. He had the dime to Romeo Dobbs. He had the extend the play, bomb it deep to Toure for the touchdown on on something we haven't seen, right? We haven't really seen a ton of play extension of kind of running around making things happen. And like second reaction, we always talk about that's what Devontae and Jordy and and Cobb too. That's Honestly, I think that's, especially nowadays, that's where Cobb makes like half of his money. Correct. Is on just watching Rodgers, running with him, and then knowing, oh, there's an open spot there. I'm going to go there. Correct. And anybody that's watched Rodgers over the years knows that when the play breaks down and he starts scrambling, more often than not, the direction you want to go is towards the end zone. He loves to bomb when he starts running. He he just loves it. And so I think seeing Toure do that, exactly that, not keep taking that that ball or that route across the field and kind of turn back and up into the end zone, maybe he found somebody that kind of is seeing things the way he is because clearly Dobbs hasn't yet, which is fine. Young player, you're going to run your route. You're going to stick to the zones you're supposed to run through, all that kind of stuff. I get it. But to kind of take that next step, he needs to display what Toure displayed a little bit. But especially in that fourth quarter, Rogers looked a little young. He had an eleven yard rush. I mean, we were We even saw him We looked like it. We even saw him laughing and smiling. He, it looked not like, miserable. Correct. It looked like the errand we've wanted to see for a little bit now. And I know that he has to stay within the offense and, and a lot of our, our routes are quick, especially at this point with young guys. Especially with the offensive line. But once in a while, you want to see Aaron do Aaron stuff, make some magic happen. And we did. We absolutely did. And by running the ball that much is how you allow that. You mm-hmm. wear the defense down. You use the play action. Yep. Kind of jump in the gun. We'll get into it. But the offense as a whole looked much like as it should, using Correct. Josiah as a lead blocker. Mm-hmm. Power running plays. Keep going at him. Little play action. Easy passes. And it worked. It did. We left some points Absolutely. on the board, but this is going to ignore the Bears game. Besides that, in my opinion, this is the best the offense has looked the entire season. I would agree. Yep. It didn't feel like a 17-point performance. We did that against the best defense in the league statistically. Oh, totally. And they right. got dogs in front. You guys saw it. Jordan Phillips on the first, like those first few plays. They got like going 12 right through great Tom. defensive linemen. Like they're all awesome. I, what did I say before? How many first-rounders they got. And I should have mentioned this, talking about the offensive line. Luke, did Von Miller play? If he did, you could have fooled me. Yeah, David Bakhtiari said, I remember you, boy. Not, not today, sir. Uh-uh. Right? Absolutely stoned You're making man. a difference tonight. Yeah, he did nothing. And and they have great um, two great linebackers back there, too, with Milano and Edmonds. Edmonds a physical freak. Milano is just like right place, right time. All the time. Smart guy, yep. Boston College kid, yeah. And and to be able to do what we did, like you said, only 17 points, but we we passed the eye test, right, against a phenomenal defense. I just want to jump on that Josiah DeGuara was able to move Trey Edmonds. Love it. I mean, he was playing his ass off. Probably his best game of the season, too. He had Agreed. one catch. But if you go back and watch it and you really focus on watching Josiah, there's so many of these, you know, these counter run plays where you, you cut back the other way and there is a very important block on the backside. He's making it every time. 
or or as the lead dog or as the fullback. This is kind of us transitioning to the offense, right? A little bit. I just you talk about Tremaine Edmonds. I was like, that's a guy who I've always thought about as like one of the biggest physical freaks at linebacker. Yeah, he's huge. Just a behemoth. He's, he's so fast. He's right. He's not taller human. and faster and length and a lot lengthier than like any other middle linebacker in the league. And even though we have two of those kind of freaks, they're not six five like Tremaine Edmonds. Is. I still wouldn't pick. I would not believe that Josiah would be, you know, pushing Devondre Campbell or Quay Walker no. off a spot. But Josiah, you profit. You're you're coming to fruition, baby. So as we go to a little bit of uh, of what we liked on offense, I'm going to continue with Josiah. Hey. And and what he did with the plays was great. But I loved the play design that we did on a lot of those. We incorporated more trap, which yeah. I love. We as if you've listened to anything in the media, a lot of the pin and pull, pin and pull, right? We're doing a lot of zone. Obviously, that's our, that's what we run. But a lot of pin and pull action. We ran a lot of traps, some counters. Loved it. And we had Josiah in motion a lot. Oh yeah, we have him in motion across the across the formation, and then lead block through the hole or kick out that end and and run right inside him. Loved it. It was a lot more creativity in the run game, which is what we need. I mean, let's let's keep him honest a little bit with some misdirection, with getting some people in different places on the field creatively where Josiah's not just lined up a tight end, block the guy in front of you, just force him outside, right? No, start on the opposite side of the formation, work your way over, hit him. You're at full speed already, and the guy you're blocking is at a standstill. And when Josiah's at full speed... Apparently, he's beating pretty much anybody. Correct. So this was truly something to behold a little bit on on offensive game plan as far as the run game goes. No, I will give up on the season if we do none of that next week, but it was so beautiful to Which see. Which honestly kind of feels like what could happen, it given that could. every time we find something that works, we're just like, nah, yeah. I don't feel like doing that again. Just air it out and see what happens. I'm still waiting for that one play against the Bears where we have A.J. Dillon as the lead blocker for the we toss. We did it. Not enough. I want to see it all the time. Okay. Or at least variations of it. I'll see what I can do. Okay. Other at least good, one variation. So. We kind of already hit on this, like other good things in offense. Obviously, tour race play. Dubs had a couple very nice contested catches, which is kind of crazy considering how many drops he's had on. Correct. Easy stuff. Easy, easy catches. That touchdown catch was awesome. And I think kind of shows a little bit what he learned from the drop touchdown from a couple games ago, right? Like, if you very similar-ish plays. But he comes down with it this time. He learned that if you the ball hits your hands, bring it in your chest, you go to the ground, you got two feet in, it's a touchdown. Correct. Wild. Weird, right? Bold strategy cotton. See how it works out for him. Apparently pretty well this time. Indeed it did. Um, another person I want to kind of give a little shout out to. AJ Dillon. Nice to see you, bud. You you the by far his best game. He looks great. Running through people, powerful, keeping the chains moving. Obviously, Aaron Jones is the star, and I'm sure we're about to get to that. But it was nice that A.J. Dillon offered us something. Because Aaron Jones has looked awesome every game. A.J. Dillon's kind of been like, hmm, where's we he been? We haven't seen a few of his, like, what, snowplow, whatever we're calling him these snowplow. days. Snowplow, 100% snowplow. We haven't seen some snowplow. Like, there was one there was one play where he gets hit, like, one yard headline of scrimmage and Collinsworth whoever calls like oh yeah and AJ Dillon for a while oh, oh, oh AJ Dillon ca- carrying the pile six yard run just like vintage AJ Dillon correct and just like Rogers said with this whole team right sometimes it just takes one game to kind of right the ship and it's the same way with individual players yeah true you're just hoping both him 
and Jones can keep this momentum going. But segueing into Aaron Jones, my lord. He's so good. I have man. not He's seen so a performance good. like this out of him in a while, which is, I mean, partially due to the fact that we haven't been giving him this volume. But there was no way any first defender was getting him down. Just none. None. And for a smaller guy, we've talked about this at length before, dude just does not go down with the first guy. He does not. They he, make him different in El Paso, baby. He had a higher average than our quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, did. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry. Aaron only averaged 6.8. Yards per passing per is what correct. You, yeah. yeah. Which passing, you get more yards that way. It's kind of what happens. <laughs> but the offense worked. Oh, no, it was great. And some people may talk about, like, hey, second half, you guys were down. You just kept running, right? Waste time. It's like, well, it was working. And if you get seven yards of play, why are you going to stop? And if there's no PI on Robert Tunyon, and if guys have better hands, and a few other things other happen. Completely different game. Completely different game. Like, we have been, both you and myself and so many other Packer fans have been begging, run the effing ball. Yep. And they stuck with it. And so many times when this team goes down, LaFleur hits the panic button. Right. Mm-hmm. Aaron's talking about how his anxiety is like normally at an eight or nine. I think it goes to like 15. We went down by 10. And it's just Aaron out long. And maybe it was because we didn't have Watson and we didn't have Lazard. And it'll be interesting to see if we do go down when we do have more of the horses in the stable, if he's able to stay patient and do what's working. Like you said, if you're running seven yards a try, why would you why would you go away from that? And some people are going to be like, oh, well, well, the Bills were letting you have it. No, they weren't. They had guys in the box. This wasn't yeah. – we weren't going five wide and they were going, you know, prevent defense. This was us running the ball down their throat and they couldn't stop it. And they yep. knew we had to do it because we had not no receivers. But basically but no. Going into the game, you're not concerned about any of those guys hurting no, you. No, and realistically, Sammy Watkins went, was kind of in and out of the lineup for a while, right? which left us with literally three wide receivers. That's one of them it. being Amari Rodgers. Correct. One of them being a guy making his second career start who has one catch. One of them yep. being, before this game, Mr. Drops. Correct. That yeah. was it. We're going to run the That's ball. That's all we had. So you don't really have much of a choice there. And Yeah, they were dropping guys down into the box. They weren't just playing soft on us the entire game. Nope. And they, like we said, they have a great D-line. They have great linebackers. Even if they decided to play soft, running on that team is pretty impressive. The strength of that team, especially with the injury to Micah Hyde and Trey White, strength is definitely in the middle. Yeah, middle talking front about seven in the show. Sure. Not only do you have all those edge rushers that you paid for, I mean that you paid Von Miller, you've been drafting, got I think four in the past two years in the top two or three rounds. But they did go up and pick pick up a couple real big guys at defensive tackle. Yeah, to try to help stuff the run. And they, I mean, they played good at points, but between the design. The execution. Yeah, real good. We were enough. And Aaron Jones and Dylan just being able to break tackles. It was beautiful to see. And we said this before, like, we both felt proud being Packer fans watching this game, even though we lost. Completely. Completely. And, yeah, it's hard because you don't want moral victories, but it didn't feel like we were necessarily 10 points inferior to the Buffalo Bills. Right. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, if you look at the numbers, granted, I know numbers do lie. Pretty even, pretty much even or slight edge to us for everything. We had, I know we won big time, time of possession. Uh, I, I believe, believe we, we won did. overall yards as well. Yeah. I mean, 390 to 380, so not crazy, but still it wasn't, it was not a blowout like people 
would have thought it was. No, no, very, very similar. Obviously, we missed the field goal there towards the end. We missed two fourth down conversions. We um, get a BS penalty on a and touchdown. Honestly, that, that's a huge play, right? Let's talk about that for a second before we get to defense. If that doesn't happen, if that if that stands, right, if we score that touchdown, now when you get the ball at the end of the game, you're down six. What Luke is referring to is in the fourth quarter, uh, Rodgers found Robert Tunyon on a bit of a corner Mc- route. McHenry zone. McHenry zone. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers doesn't know that. But yeah, we found McHenry zone in the corner, and there was contact from both players. There was some hand fighting. Yeah, at the top of the route. Yeah, before he made his break. It was pretty obvious to anyone watching that the guy just fell down. That the the Bills defender Correct. fell down very ticky tacky. They call it. We don't score. Game has changed. Yeah, I, I believe we got a field goal on that drive or whatever, but still, it schematically changes how things turn right. out. Right, it cost us four four points, and we were down ten when we got the ball the last time, so we would have been down six. So we right call things a little different. At least we for sure go for that fourth down where Mason oh doesn't, for sure doesn't get the kick, which, as you pointed out, was not his fault. I'm sorry, no. Silver Fox. Yeah, Devin came at came at the Silver Fox pretty hot in the text, and I was like, "Hey, man, hey, man, bad snap, bad snap." Also, it wasn't going to change anything at that point. <laughs> we had bigger fish to fry. But 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 Buffalo had some dropsies. We didn't have any dropsies in this game, but Buffalo did, and you could feel that the tide was turning. We yeah. we did win this game in the second half, which I know people like it isn't a real stat, but for how this team is playing, it's a real stat. Hundred percent. We was we won ten to three. Momentum had shifted. This kind of felt like a game that the like the Packers would be at. Like they would be the Bills. Just letting a game get away. Yep. And kind of just like praying that the game ends before you blow the lead. Kind of kind of felt like we had a chance. Like yeah, I was 100%. I was looking for that onside kick. I figured there was gonna be a much better chance in that onside kick than on the average one. Just based on how the game was going, Buffalo's drops. Felt like we had the momentum going in our our way, and I would have loved to see Aaron Rodgers with the ball down six. Let's go. You know, obviously that drive goes completely differently potentially at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, it's weird, but I feel good about the offense scoring seventeen points. You know, we left some on the table, but we didn't look at napped anymore. We have a blueprint. We do, and we it do. works. We absolutely do. So I'm really looking forward to see what the offense does uh, next week in Detroit. Now we switch to the defense. Let's do it. So we've kind of already hit I think the main negatives, at least in my opinion, the guys yeah. in the secondary. Another yeah. negative. So Quay Walker, before he made his dumb play, you think about guys, freak athletes. Mm-hmm. Is there many linebackers who would be better suited to spy Josh Allen? Like he would be perfect for it. And in the few snaps he played, didn't use him like that, just dropped him back in zone. Didn't blitz him, didn't do anything like we used him with the last week. It was nothing fun, nothing sexy. And then he goes and gets himself kicked out of the game for just a real boneless play. Yeah, that sucked all the way around. Um, yeah, he's absolutely perfect to spy, right? I mean, we saw the dude run stride for stride with Saquon down the field. Like, we know he can do it. We got pressure on Josh Allen with Isaiah McStuffie. Okay, can you imagine if that was Quay Walker? His name is McStuffie. His name is McStuffie. If only he could have reached a little bit more late (laughs) in the game and got more than Josh Allen's ankles, but... That would have helped. Hell of an effort, though. Shout out to those guys real quick. Eric Wilson and Isaiah McDuffie. we lost both inside backers, right? Quay to the the dumb play, um, which, to to be fair to him, he owned up with. He made sure he made a point 
to make himself available for the media afterwards and kind of come back to it and wanted to talk about about it and how he's going to learn from it and how big of a mistake it was. Good man. So that's that's pretty good for for such a young guy, right? I feel good about that. He was very emotional about the entire thing. I think he really did get caught up in the heat of the moment. Hopefully it can be a learning opportunity for him. And, oh, by the way, you already mentioned that we lost Devondre Campbell. Didn't even see it happen. Just all of a sudden one drive out. It's like, oh, where's Devondre? Doesn't sound like he's going to go against the Lions. So guess who's linebacker one? You, Mr. Quay Walker, going into Detroit where this team puts up over 30 points at home per game. You need to step up. You want to talk about redemption. You want to talk about making up for your mistake. You want to talk about becoming a leader on this team. The opportunity is yours, Quay Walker. Do you know who I really miss right now? You know who might be back this week? I know. He's mine. He is my guy. <laughs> I was talking to my dad last night. We uh, we went out for dinner after work. Are we ever going to say his name, by the way? So everyone listening The Thumper, knows? Chris yeah. Barnes. Chris Barnes. God, he would have been he great. He is activated. I know. I he saw was him. activated off the I IR today. So was, uh, well, I guess not the IR, but Kylan Hill is off the PUP. So we got some reinforcements incoming. But yeah. Ooh. Now, it's it's not Campbell and Walker. But I'd be feeling pretty good with Walker and the Thumper. You know, I feel all right about that. I feel real good. I think that'd be real fun to watch. I think especially against this uh, this Detroit team with two great running backs, that could be fun. That could be real that fun. Could be fun. They're both, obviously, Barnes is the more of the Thumper, but yeah. for, all, for some of the deficits that Quay Walker has, he flies to the ball. He does. And I think part of the reason that he made that play on the sideline is because unlike other guys on our defense, he plays with his hair on fire. He, he is the definition of effort. We need to make sure he can actually wrap up at the point of the tackle, Would be fill nice. gaps. Yeah. He's got a ways to go, but you see the athleticism. And Absolutely. you see the heart and you see the yep. effort. Yep. Which should just kind of be a standard, right? Should be. I do want to briefly touch on um, our pressure on Josh Allen. So they pointed out at one point um, that we had the highest pressure rate of Josh Allen's career in this game. Didn't really feel like it, but I feel like that's kind of what happens with our defense game in a game out, right? We always pressure the quarterback an insane amount. We did the same thing with the um, with Taylor Heineke, right? I feel like he's pressured every play. We're always one step away. Always one step away. We always just miss it. We don't quite get the sack. Like the Diggs touched on that double move. Yeah, same thing. I think it was Kenny Clark was just one step away. I already mentioned McStuffie, just just a hand reach, which is, you know, it's part unfortunate, right? But also we just need to press pause for a second. There is no other quarterback in the NFL that is Josh Allen. That man, Taylor Heineke is pretty close. Does, yeah, only when he's playing the Packers. That man does not fear pressure. No, he can move. He's like a combination of Big Ben and Michael Vick. He has the size of Ben, where he can take any hit and be fine. But he has the dangerous mobility, like Michael Vick. He had like a what is it, like a third and twenty, and he ran for twenty four yards. He is what, I th- this is a little bit more concise way of putting it. He is the ultimate version. You're going to say Ryan Tannehill. No. no okay, no. I was going to say, that's an insult. No, he's Cam Newton. 
giant arm. They're literally the same size. I'm going to say it. And, and running ability. Cam the Newton, running ability his, is similar. In his prime, Cam Newton, athleticism right there, right? They're literally the same size. Josh Allen has a better arm and more accurate. More accurate. Cam Newton had a giant cannon of an arm when he came out. I think it'd be fun to watch them throw side by side. I agree. Josh Allen's way better, but he's kind of like the, the, um, what you want type not prototype. quintessential sort of he's twin he's cousin. what uh kim noon could have been should have been would have been people wanted him to be that's fair he that's has what we thought we were getting yeah that's what people wanted he had that one mvp season if he would have been able to continue that kind of josh allen people don't realize that sometimes but dude is giant yeah he's a monster i guess the next thing we should go to is uh jack coco Oh, just real quick, just real quick. Shout out to the defense for getting turnovers. Oh, yeah, we should mention that in just talking about that whole... Oh, yeah, sometimes, we should talk about some Sometimes some it takes stuff. one. And we should and talk about some secondary for interceptions. stuff. Because what we chose to do is a very Belichick way of playing defense. I know he's not the only person that does this in the league now, but we obviously made it a point to put R1 on there too, right? That's classically what Belichick would do put his number one corner on the opposing team's number two wide receiver, then double the number one. We didn't double very effectively. No, no, because Stokes slash Rasul and Savage are not exactly the tandem I want going against Diggs. So I wished I would have liked at some point, like, okay, whatever. Gabe Davis beats us, Gabe Davis beats us. But when Diggs started getting going a little bit, maybe some clutch end of end of game drives, let's put Jair over there. All right, because he was destroying Gabe Davis. And if you think matchup-wise... He's perfect. Yeah, I mean, Diggs is not only a burner, but he's also very fluid in his hips. He can turn people around. Like on that, on the touchdown over Azul, Rosua was with him stride for stride originally until he makes that cut. Yep. And then Rosua just does he not just, have that closing speed. He can't do it. No. I doubt Jair would be beaten like that. Gabe Davis... Hell of, a, hell of a wide receiver, a little bigger, so he's a little more stiff naturally. Better matchup for Rasul. I think what I expected to see anyways is Rasul still kind of do his slot thing, but I think Stokes would have been an interesting interesting matchup against Gabe Davis. Oh, so Gabe Davis would have had 203 touchdowns. Well, maybe, maybe. maybe. But, but what does Gabe Davis do, right? You watch the Bills a lot. Because he goes deep. They. And he has three catches for 200 yards. That's what he does. Correct. But that's, Stokes is pretty good at staying in the pocket at that point. You know, he can run deep with people. He, when he gets beat, it's generally not just because the guy ran in a straight line faster than him. I would agree with you there. So that could have been an interesting matchup. Jair and Diggs is absolutely perfect. Especially with all the, like, John before the game that Amazing. everyone saw. Amazing that Diggs just waited for him at the tunnel. I'm just going to sit here and wait for you. Like, what sucks is that, you know, they're all like, oh, I'm better than you, whatever, but they didn't even match up. No, they didn't. No. Which is too bad. Very sad. But nice job, guys, getting some picks, making Josh Allen look human, and what is a decent chance to be his first MVP season. Probably. Yeah. I mean, he only finished with a 75 rating, which I feel pretty good about, yeah, 13, especially with how that game started. 25 with two tutties, two picks. I mean, that's pedestrian. Run the table, boys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about uh, Jack Coco. Wait, you're the one who saw it. I completely missed it. So yeah, you no, it's just a, the lead there. Just a bad snap. It was low and um, inside, outside, inside. 
I mean, it inside. basically rolled. Yeah. Barely made it to, to our boy, Patty O'Donnell. Uh, just not, not a very good snap, so he kind of had to suffer through a not great hold, and then Silver Fox just did what he could. It looked bad the second he kicked it, so um, hopefully they get that cleaned up. We don't want to see a repeat of all of last year's crap with that. Apparently it's been a consistent problem this season with his low snaps. Like That just hasn't gotten better, and this is the third long snapper in a can row. We just, can we just have a decent long snapper? Do you remember after the wildcard game where I was like, get that man some creatine, get him in the gym? I don't know what, what wrist muscles or hand muscles you need to, to have a better, higher snap, but my God, figure it out. You- so, in high school, right? <clears throat> Going back to the glory days, folks, back when Luke would throw a pigskin over the mountains. <laughs> in high school. I was the fake holder. wasn't the actual holder. I just helped the long snapper practice once in a while. Right. Okay. Um, especially because I was injured for a while, whatever. It doesn't matter. So I caught a lot of long snaps during my time in high school. Luke is low-key a long snap expert. <laughs> a little bit. And it boggles my mind that NFL players are incapable sometimes of of successfully long snapping consistently. Especially when it's your entire job. Yeah, you literally don't do anything else. You could literally do it at home, like, with your wife and kids. Yeah. Like, hey, you got to go catch balls from daddy for 40 minutes. Because the 5'8", 150-pound high school kid was doing just fine, hitting me in the hands over and over and over and over and over and over. And I get that's a little different, but, man, it's not it's not an impossible skill to learn, guys. Is, is it the same distance, I think? Maybe. Even if it's a little longer, like, like it's... Palatine High School football versus the NFL. Right. There's a slight talent and I'm sure difference. That, I'm sure that doesn't happen overnight. Like, there's college in between there, right? Yeah. Um, and really, this all comes down to the fact that we did not draft the cheese man. So that that was a missed opportunity. There's a long snapper in the league with, whose last name is Cheese Man. I assume it's not pronounced that way. but It would be if we drafted him. 100%. And the fact that we did not get him just proves that uh, we're not really in it to win it this year. That was a little dark. I'm not, like I said, not grabbing the shovel just yet. Shout out to the cheese man. But I would feel better for the cheese man, for sure. 100%. If nothing else, we'd have a lot better jokes. Although we have Jack Coco, which is a pretty solid long snapper name. I was going to say, I'd be cheesing even more, bro. You know me. I mean, we just nonstop. So maybe it's for the best we don't have cheese man. We can disagree on that. <laughs> you wanted to talk trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, it's worth noting, especially considering that. A lot of Packer fans wanted us to do something. Uh, wide receiver, maybe dark horse offensive lineman. Don't think we really need that. But we were mentioned in, in as a potential trade partner for all, like every receiver on the market, right? Which always happens. Yeah, we're always the bridesmaid, right? Mm-hmm. Never the bride. <clears throat> but so I did want to touch on, especially considering that our division just lost their damn minds come the trade deadline. Who trades the best player on offense in the division. The Lions trading TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. That is the best player on offense. Possibly the entire team. Uh, Amon Ra. Coin DeAndre flip. DeAndre Swift. Eh. Anyways, v- v- good tight end. Very good tight very end. Good very tight young end. tight end. Yep. Uh, went to Iowa. I, I was going to say, he's from tight end U. The land of corn. Hawks up. Let's go. The land of corn. Him and Noah Fant, both a little disappointing so far. I was um, going to say, if you're like, are you just talking about Iowa tight ends and you don't mention George God, but also George doesn't really get the ball anymore, no, which he is doesn't. very sad. He's not disappointing, so that's why I didn't bring him up. 
anyways. Thank you. So I feel like we should mention it, right? The Bears decided to basically be the entire trade de- trade deadline by themselves. And this, we also set a record this year for the most amount of trades for the trade deadline. So that let's, let's just run through the, a couple of them real quick. You want to give grades? Ooh, that'd be fun. Okay, let's, let's do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's. Uh, okay, we'll skip. Do you want to talk about Robert Quinn? I don't care. Okay. I know it's going to surprise you that I don't care about a Bears trade. Bears I gave up. I, right? I mean, well, we'll get to it. <laughs> Bears got, got rid of Robert Quinn, kind of started what became really apparent, the kind of the fire sale a little bit. They're they're going to do a hard rebuild at this point, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, especially given what they, they did a little bit. Chiefs added Kadarius Toney. Who really cares? Dude hasn't really played. See. Yeah, just I, I don't care. He's another small, fast guy. Cool. Chiefs just adding to it. The big one, I think, in the division, Bears get rid of Roquan Smith. Trade him to the Ravens to partner him up with Patrick Queen. So the Ravens gave up a second and a fifth for Roquan. And A.J. Klein. And A.J. Klein. Which yeah. I think is important. Because, because the Bears needed somebody to play linebacker. Well, and I think the Bears are going to draft somebody, and AJ Klein is a is a pretty dependable, yeah, he's solid. middle linebacker. I think he's solid. I mean, he's not the best backer in the league, but I think he's he would be somebody good to learn from for the next. They're going to put him on the field. It's not going to be an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, what do you think? Do you want to grade it? Uh, for the Bears' perspective, they had a second or third. You said they got a second, second because, and fifth because they use that second, fifth, and AJ Klein. I'd give it a B plus. I think that's pretty good value considering it was known that Roquan wanted to be gone. I think the danger you I agree. A second and a fifth is pretty good considering Roquan that I don't believe was under contract for after this year. Um that's right, he's not because he So not under contract and yeah. didn't want to be there. You're you could have traded him for a sixth, which would still have been better than getting nothing. So the fact they got a second, a fifth, and a borderline starting linebacker. That's a pretty good haul. Yes, and I assume that the Ravens know that they can get an extension done, right? You, you, that's you kind of an assumption so. at this point. Yeah. Uh, now seems like the perfect time to bring up that Devin broke this news to me and actually confused me for a second. I didn't know what he was talking about. So he texted me and, and one of my friends in a group chat about the how his – favorite team just lost their star linebacker i think i said oh no my favorite team just lost their star linebacker in a very sarcastic manner which would be very obvious i i don't know if you guys out there have used um, this thing called texting before but there's no voice inflection for sarcasm in a text you so know i thought deandre camp or devondre campbell right got hurt i was like oh man is this guy going to ir like literally my first reaction was google devondre campbell injury and see what happens <laughs> and i got nowhere with that I was like, what is he talking about? And then I got a notification from ESPN saying Roquan got traded. I was like, well, I'm glad at least he finally admits, admits the Bears fan in him. Buddy, you are my co-host. You are the co-owner of South the Cheddar Curtain, sir. And the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers. You should be able to hear my voice in every text that I send. I do, and honestly, it's a little terrifying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But so I think I think what they're what the Bears are in danger of at this point is losing the team, right? Because you saw Roquan's reaction to Robert Quinn. The dude literally started crying. But they were boys, like they were super tight. They they were very close knit together. I'm but sh- but what's the problem when you trade away all the leaders on a team? You have guys on offense. They're, they they yeah, are. Who's going to lead that defense? 
And who's going to lead the offense for that matter? Justin Fields looked better. You got two good running backs. I mean, lead. Locker room. You traded the two people people looked up to on that team. EQ. Oh, God. Or Lucas Patrick. (laughs) Or any of their former Packers that are there. Man, you got... I think Brisker's going to be a leader. I know he's young, but Brisker, the safety. Him and Jackson, right? It's got to be the safety. Jackson, there you go. There's the easy answer. He was also terrible last year, but yeah. He looks a little better this year. He does. I think Brisker helped him out a lot, um, kind of solidified that I mean, safety he's, kingdom. He's brisky back there. I like that's That's a stretch. But I like Brisker a lot coming out of Penn State. Uh, but uh, So overall, that was kind of the signal like, damn, okay, the Bears are doing this, right? Robert Quinn was like, okay, well, that makes sense, right? Older guy, uh, try to get rid of him before you, you're on the wrong end there. He had 18 and a half sacks. Bears record last year. This year only had like one. Hadn't really done t- too much. Makes sense to get from out, out from under that. But Roquan. You're training the leader. You're training your best defensive player. I again go back to the fact that he didn't want to be there, Luke. That's such... I don't think this guy was going to be a locker room cancer, but come on, dude. If you have a job and you don't want to be there, how's your performance going to be? How is your which happiness is, going to be? Which is true enough, but I'm, you know, we didn't trade Aaron Rodgers. We figured it out. right? You can always figure it out. Aaron did not as publicly ask for a trade. It was not as night and day. That's only because Aaron Rodgers is... Aaron Rodgers, he's smarter Mysterious. than that. Yeah, <laughs> he loves to be an enigma, right? That he is. So that that was a really interesting one. Now let's get into the Hawkinson one real quick. That was that was a shocker in what, the division. What are the details of that trade? So the Vikings acquired T.J. Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth rounder, a 2024 conditional fourth rounder, and the Lions got 2023 second round and 2024 fourth round, third round. So they move up in 2024 by a round and 2023 by two rounds. Doesn't feel like a lot, does it? That kind of feels like a steal for the Vikings. And Irv Smith Jr. just went down. I feel like that should have been like a, like a second and a fifth, maybe, or a second and a fourth. Hawkinson's a dude. He's a dude, but he's, he's a dude the Lions aren't going to pay, which I get, right? It, when you're a young, up-and-coming team, you know, you're probably thinking about <clears throat> the Bears weren't going to pay. Roquan either. It's kind of a similar situation, except this is in division. Correct. And in division, I mean, that makes a big That's difference. This doesn't wild. happen. This doesn't happen. I think the Lions basically are just like, it's not worth paying them. I mean, they're going to have a ton of cap space this year. I, I'm sure they're th- already thinking about DeAndre Swift, Penny Sewell, uh, Ahmad Ra, like some of those upcoming contracts in the next year or two probably. They're Rodrigo, gonna figure out. can't lose him. God, he's a treasure. Please don't. <laughs> National treasure. Seventh round pick, Rodrigo. The beauty of hard knocks. That program Love him. never, never Love, should go away. Love Rodrigo. Um, but yeah, so I'm guessing they just didn't want to pay him a ton of money. What I will say is for the short term, I give that trade an A because then the we don't have to play oh, yeah, TJ Hawkinson. I give it an F a few weeks down the road when we play the Vikings. That's just that's, that's gonna just going to be a problem. You have Hawkinson down the seam and that Jefferson guy who we covered so well and Dalvin Cook and the yeah. UN and KJ Osborne's doing some stuff. That'll that'll just be a real good time. Yeah. But we're gonna be on and run the table and we're gonna get it all figured out. We'll have guys back. It's gonna be great. So there's a couple more big ones, and we'll end with the one I think that most directly impacts us. Okay. You already know which one's coming. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Dolphins and Bradley Chubb. Because that was an interesting one. There's another player involved in that, and player for player trades are pretty rare in the NFL. This isn't baseball. This isn't the NBA. But we had another one. So Miami Dolphins got Bradley Chubb 
Great outside linebacker from Denver Broncos. Has some a little bit of an injury history, but stud pass rusher that's 26 years old. And a fifth rounder. And in return, they got a first, a fourth, and Chase Edmonds. The running back who is the supposed starter coming into the year for Miami got yeah. taken over by Ricky Mostert pretty quick, though. I was going to say, when you have the, the coach from San Francisco, Mike McDaniel, who was very good at deploying Raheem Mostert. It was no surprise to me that he quickly took over the lion's share of the carries. Yeah. So that made uh, Edmonds uh, very dispensable. And I mean, the Dolphins think that they're a playoff team. They're definitely in the race. Chubb is one of the better pass rushers in the league. Pair him with Jalen Phillips, young pa- another young pass rusher. You got some good guys in the secondary, your boy Holland. I mean, it's it's a aggressive move for a team trying to make a push. Yeah. Support it. Good. Good for them. And I think what's really interesting, a couple things. There's there's a little bit of fallout from this. So the Dolphins then traded for Jeff Wilson from the 49ers Which was for a fifth funny. rounder. That was that was funny. Yeah. So now the Dolphins are just basically San Francisco Southeast. Correct. Yep. You go, Mike McDaniel. But also, <laughs> also that team just has so much speed. They, they already They're did, so fast. But not fair. But what's interesting about the Dolphins is they used all these picks. Oh, actually, they came from San Francisco. Right, for the Trey Lance trade. Yep. So for Trey Lance, essentially, the Dolphins got Bradley Chubb, Jalen Waddell, and Tyreek Hill. Not a bad haul. That's what they use those picks for. For Trey Lance, who has half football? Did he even make it in the first half against the Bears? Uh, I think he made it into the second half. I don't know. I think my Bears in that game knocked him out pretty quick. See, I, I don't even have to make the jokes anymore, guys. Devin is openly admitting it. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting one. The Dolphins, I mean, I'm kind of pulling for them in the AFC at this point. I am not. Not more than the Bills, but it's like, hey, just, they're, just they're go fun. get them, guys. They're, they're so fun. much fun. They're so much fun. The only thing They're I a have, Madden team. They're they 100% are Madden a Madden team. Madden team at this point. Let's go, let's go get literally the fastest wide receivers in the league, a very fast running back who gets hurt, but it's Madden, so who cares? And just get after it. Love it. I bet they wished it was Madden, and you could turn injuries off, because oh, I, yeah. I still feel some sort of way... About Tua? With about the Tua situation. Yeah. He looked great, though. He does look good, but you have kind of like two sides of the story, right? Is you have, okay, the the NFL independent neurologist, mm-hmm. right? He's being paid by the NFL. And you have yeah. to wonder, is there a little bit of collusion there? Is there a little bit of like, hey, make sure he's good. Here, right. Here's some money on the table, which is part of it. But the other part of it to me is, is that if you're Mike McDaniel... If you're anyone that Dolphins coaching staff, if you're any Dolphin fan, you see what happens to him. You see he's obviously not okay. And as McDaniel, you need to take his helmet away. We've seen guys do that. We've seen coaches do that to their guys now for much lesser hits because the player has always been told, you have to be tough. You have to go back in. Your team needs you. And we've seen in the NFL, guys get hurt. They lose their jobs, right? Drew Bledsoe's looking good for the Patriots. Tom Brady. Hey, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots right now took over for Damian Harrison. Hasn't looked back. This Brett Favre guy. Yeah, he did a Came thing. in for the Magic Man. It happens. So there's there's plenty of pressure. And no player in the NFL is going to be like, yeah, I don't feel great. I think I should sit out, coach. No, but as no. as the NFL head coach. It kind of falls on you at the end of the day. It falls on yeah. you. So Agreed. I have a little bit of issue with the Dolphins. Agreed. Let's go to the, I think, the weirdest trade that occurred. And then, then we'll end on the one that may or may not piss us off. A trade was conducted for a suspended player 
I don't remember this ever happening before. An indefinitely suspended player. Correct. So the Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley from the Falcons, who got suspended for betting on the NFL last year while he was out hurt. You're really dumb, bud. You're really, really dumb. You're really dumb, but was he even betting on Falcons games? Yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah, so I that makes he, it worse. He but he bet, also wasn't playing. He bet on them to win, which is okay. Maybe it's better than betting on them to lose for sure. Where's the Where's the line though? Like, cause what if he's in a fantasy football league with his buddies? Can they throw in fifty bucks in the draft? Is that allowed? Like, it's kind of a blurry. I'm pretty line. sure it is because I know Austin Eckler's really into fantasy football. I know he's pretty vocal about it, so that has to be. But I think actual, honest to god, like Vegas bets. I think the issue is where you can endanger the integrity of the league. Like 100%. when Pete Rose was betting, he was playing. Ridley isn't playing. Or the referee. Right? I don't I don't love it. Yeah. I don't love it, but I wouldn't put him on the cross either. What, I wouldn't have suspended weird, him indefinitely when you have guys situation. when you have guys that beat their wives and their family and they just get, you know, four All games right, or whatever. Deshaun dark Watson. Turn. Dark turn. Dark turn, but I'm being honest, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, no, there are way worse things. Right, I th- I think that Deshaun Watson should have been out longer than Calvin. Ridley. Deshaun Watson right. should just be out forever. forever. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not <gasps> arguing. There we go. If for somehow, if the Packers season tanks, we'll still find storylines to talk about. But we're also recapping every game that Deshaun Watson gets destroyed. We'll see. Okay, so the <laughs> compensation for that, <laughs> Jaguars got Ridley, Falcons get. Uh, who knows pretty much there's a, a ton of qualifiers on their pick so they can get uh they get a 2024 second round pick what and maybe a 2023 fifth round pick or a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick it all depends on how much he plays next year and and does he come back next year and there's a million qualifiers in this deal so that part's not super important but basically 2024 second rounder and then 2023 mid-rounder that's absolutely insane. A second rounder for someone who may not even play. I mean, he was really good. I know, played. but that's a hell of a gamble. That feels like Urban Meyer is still the coach over there. It's it's interesting, that's for sure. I'm sure the Falcons are like, yeah, sure, dude, whatever, take him. I don't care. We got Drake London now. We don't care about throwing the football anyways. We got Zacchaeus. We got Algier. We got weapons for days. We throw the ball 13 times a game. Sure, take take my suspended wideout. We got Kyle Pitts, who we forget plays football for us. They've been using him more lately. As in this last game. Also, Demir Bird looking like Percy Harvin out there. So weird. That's Oof. such a weird team. Go Falcons, man. Win that South. You get them. Yeah, if we don't do anything and we had to pick a team to win the NFC, like for I mean, us to root for, I would, I would probably root for the Falcons. 0% chance, but that'd be great. They could get hot at the right time. Remember, okay. Marcus Mariota is one of the quarterbacks that said we should get. He's looking pretty good. He's definitely looking like a quarterback that plays football. I'll give you that. Okay, let's end on the one we're linked to, right? Indeed. So, reports are the Packers are talking to the Steelers about wide receiver Chase Claypool, big receiver out of uh, Notre Dame, and the Packers offered a second-round pick. Hey, look at us to try to do something. He was also selected in the second round, by the way. Just a little FYI. And then the Bears called and also offered a second-round pick. And since we, we do currently have the same records, we but do. the Steelers were betting on the fact that we would finish better than they would, than Which the Bears would. The fact that they got rid of arguably their two best players, fair point. Fair point. So instead, they traded 
Chase Claypool for a second to the Steelers. Now there's a few there's a few talking points on this. Yeah. My first one is if you are in a bidding war, if you are trying to sell and you're in a bidding war, mm-hmm. right? If you're the Steelers, wouldn't you have called the back the Packers back and said, "Hey, I have someone who's offering me a better second round pick. What do you got?" And then if you're Mark Murphy, or if you're Gunnikuns, I'm sorry, throw in a seventh. I'm not saying I really wanted Claypool, but I'm just saying that if, like, A, if you're the Steelers, you should push back for a little more. And Who could, says, that, could that little seventh have just been enough? Well, a couple things, right? Who says they didn't? There seems to be good reporting about what happened, and I feel like that would have also been included in that detailed I, reporting. I don't know, right? I, I agree, but I don't know if, if that part would have been included. Also, the second thing is, when you're in the top couple rounds of the draft, you're talking about trade value. It takes a lot to go from mid or bottom of second round to top of second round. If they believe that the Bears are only going to win another game or two right the rest of the way, going to finish top five, top ten in the draft. They think we, you know, especially if we had Chase Claypool, we make the playoffs, you know, we're bottom ten, right? That could be a swing of 20 picks. Huge. And the amount of capital you would need to move back up into that spot if you had the Bears uh, instead, right? To astronomical. Move, th- those twenty picks are probably, from what I've heard, most people think a third round pick at least. So if that's how they thought through it in their head, second and a seventh isn't going to work for us. It's going to be second and a third. And if that's what needed to happen to get Chase Claypool, thank God we didn't do it. Well played. Good thought process. So I and part of this is what do you think about Chase Claypool for a second? You've been happy with that. I don't really know how I feel. I think he's kind of an interesting cross between two wide receivers we already have. What I was going to say is I feel like he is a faster Lazard who is less efficient run blocking. He's younger. I don't know what his contract looks like. So a little uh, year and a half left. A little bit of my head. I was so, like, OK, I think Lazard is going to be a free agent after this year. We'll is. see if we resign him or not. Claypool's younger. Could that be a fun group going forward with Claypool, Dubs? Watson, yeah. Watson, Toure, Rogers. I mean, we keep them all. Maybe, but I don't think it it doesn't move the needle all that much because Lazard's already pretty similar. He's kind of like a faster Lazard, but he's less physical at the point of point of the catch. He's not as good in the 50-50, which you think would be his entire thing. When he's, he's like 6'4". He, he's giant and jacked and fast, and right? Or he's kind of a bulkier a little bit slower christian watson right he's somewhere in in the mold of both of those guys i put him more to lazard agreed but as far as like what he would do in the offense he he in theory is a deep threat right because he's got the 4-4 speed oh yeah i think Big, immediately he's, he is at least in the interim the number one deep threat because paper mache can't stay healthy correct so it's we kind of already have that kind of guy Second round pick seems a lot for a guy that hasn't done much since his rookie year, realistically. And, oh, by the way, I know Pittsburgh is really good at drafting wide receivers. They drafted this kid last year, two years ago? Uh, this is third year. Third year. So why and, are they and they're, up and they're ready to sell. So they're seeing something, too. I think also... They went, they went and drafted George Pickens. Flying under the radar here is the fact that there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers would have killed him on the field at times because he's kind of a knucklehead. A little bit of a the whole TikTok thing and a little bit of celebrating 
that you know exactly where I'm going. I'm just saying I heard TikTok. I don't want him. Exactly. I'm good. He's got a little juju in him, right? And he's got there was now it's kind of infamous at this point where he's celebrating a first down pass he caught. He's doing this whole thing with the ball, right? And there, there's like 40 seconds left yeah, in the game. There's, there's no yeah. timeouts left. The Steelers are trying to drive the field. The dude's celebrating and not giving the ball back to the ref. And he's wasting 20, 30 seconds off the clock because he's making it all about him. Rodgers would literally decapitate him on the field if he did that to him. Oh, 100% and the floor would rip his ass. And he would never see the football again. Nope. <laughs> Ever again. I want Amari out there. <laughs> so I, I don't think he was necessarily the best fit. Would have been nice for us to do a little something. Um, could he have eventually been groomed into kind of a super Lazard, right? No such thing. <laughs> Lazard is super Lazard, and he's going to show you when he comes back, baby. Man, I hope so. I hope so. But if you could have learned some of that run blocking, I mean, he's a better athlete than Lazard, so that that could have been something interesting. But I, I'm not, I'm not super upset that we didn't we didn't pick him. I yep. am super upset that we did not do whatever needed to be done to get DJ Moore, though. I love no, DJ Moore. No, I watched that Panthers game, and after that, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with DJ Moore. Hey, that's that arguably was not a penalty. Should not have been a penalty. He was not on the... I don't care. He's not on the field of play. I don't care. You're allowed to take your helmet off, not on the field of play. He drops a key fourth down. You saw that before, right? Before the yeah. Hail Mary? Yeah. That it was, it was like, what, fourth and 18. They have a beautiful drawn-up play. He has a step on the defensive back. He drops the ball. They shouldn't have even gotten the ball back. It was Arthur Smith's poor play clock management going for the Great. field goal instead of the touchdown. And then, yeah, DJ Moore has a nice catch, but that was also a horrid play by the Falcons defenders who slowed down for no apparent reason. I love DJ Moore. And then you don't have the mental wherewithal to keep it together and not get a penalty. And you know what? Cairo Santos still might have missed that extra point, but you have to act like you've been there before, son. But he hasn't because he's always been on terrible teams with terrible quarterbacks. I love DJ Moore, free DJ Moore. I would love him to be a Packer. We're disagreeing on that one. I'm very he, happy. I don't we think didn't he was ever really on, no. on the table. Uh, a couple people that may have been though. Talk about Brandon Cooks, but I don't think that contract would have worked with us. No, he's way too expensive. He's like 30 now. And it's kind of written into it that it can't really be, you can't really do anything with it to make him cheaper on the books type of thing. I'm fine. I would have been fine with him age-wise, but it wasn't really ever going to work. Jerry Judy, though. That would have been nice. We allegedly called about Jerry Judy, and the asking price was a second and a fifth. Allegedly. I might have done that. I might have done that. Some people that have watched more Broncos football than I have this year have said he's had a lot of bad drop problems. Oh, he isn't. <laughs> Never mind. He's he's good, but he's not not quite what like we think he is. You know what I mean? He's more of a name than. When I think of Jerry Judy, you know, you think about that draft class, right? So it was coming out, especially. It was like the two names were Jerry Judy and Ceedee Lamb. So I always think of them together. Similar-ish players, right? Good route runners, good athletes, but not great athletes. Elusive, yeah. Very good route runners. They're getting open from their footwork, not from just like blazing speed. Correct. That was Jalen Waddle. That was that guy out of that draft. Oh, yeah. And that has paid off. Also, the best celebration dance. Uh, Just amazing. The little Waddle. I love it. I absolutely love it. It But built in when he was born. So I keep thinking of Jerry Judy as C.D. Lamb, and apparently he is not. At least not so far. No, so, sir. Um, that that would have been nice. That would have been nice, but I'm not too completely shooken up that we didn't do any of the above, I suppose. 
Yeah, I, I think it maybe a trade for for a better run defender could have been nice. But besides that, like there's, I don't I don't know what other trades we could make. We wouldn't trade for a corner. We we no. wouldn't trade for a safety. Nor would would I would really want us to because I think that uh, Mr. Ford could take Savage's spot and do a better job or Razul. So ultimately, you know, the trade deadline sexy it's fun you get excited but logistically it could be a real challenge especially we already know we have a very conservative um, kind of front office the likelihood was never really there was i absolutely refreshing ian rapaport's twitter page every 13 seconds yeah at 100 as was i as was most packer fans but yeah we're running with what we brung right it we got what we got and we got to make it work and it's uh Man, I wish we would have traded for Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown in the offseason. <laughs> but what this Bills game shows, we got to say this with a little asterisk. We have to fix what's going on in the back end, yeah. right? Yeah. But the offensive line, running the ball, timely passes, it works. The pass rush is close enough. Hopefully, Barnes is able to play next to Quay Walker. We have a chance. We have a chance. We showed this weekend that we're an actual football team, that we have Correct. some mother effing pride. Let's go into Detroit. Let's cage those Lions. Let's start the run. Man, he is fired up. And if I didn't have anything else to say, which unfortunately I do, that would have been a great way to end the episode. I can get back into it. Okay. Um, I just want to bring up that it is, and I'm not, this is not an original thought, but it is truly amazing how the Bears sucking cost us in this case. Right? Now twice. We were in on the Khalil Mack trade. Yeah, that's the big comparison. Khalil Mack right? was... Obviously, that's a completely different caliber of player, completely different caliber of compensation. It was multiple first-round picks and all that. And that one really hurt because Khalil Mack was traded, like you know, obviously in the offseason. And then week one was when they came to Lambeau, and, and he, he killed Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We thought he was dead. The fun part is we used all those picks that ended up being better. I think Rashawn Gary came out of one of those. Um, ended up being better than what the Bears gave up. Because that was like that one year that the Bears were good and stuff, so the picks weren't quite as good. Mm -hmm. And it was the one year we weren't great. and So it didn't quite work out the way that the Raiders expected. But yeah, it's the Bears sucking is, have now cost us twice in the trade market. It's like, no, 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 the Bears are terrible. I want their draft picks. The Mac one for sure cost us. This one, eh. Yeah, no, like I said. It's, we're we're it's, both not in love with Claypool. No, it's just kind of funny that the Bears sucking made us lose a trade that's what the bears do they suck that's what happens I'm, I'm south of shutter curtain well said my friend i feel like we never bring up the name of this podcast <laughs> we do sometimes i just don't always say it right <laughs> listen fair. when the team is playing like shit i mean my whole life we're is, just, is sort of off tilter we're off kilter yeah exactly literally that was that was perfect Comedic timing. That was. All right. I don't know if I can get back into another rah-rah. That's fine. Uh, let's go just beat the Lions, get back on track a little bit, make it four and five. We'll be a lot happier next week. Defense got to stand up a little bit. They score a lot of points. Jared Goff hasn't looked great, but they have dynamic run game with Swift and Jamal Williams. Our buddy Jamal. Love Jamal. They have some good pieces. Uh, pass catching. No longer TJ Hawkinson, so that's nice. But Amonra. Amonra. Jay, not Jameson Williams. Uh, he, uh, he's not back yet. They got Reynolds. Who does DJ Chark? Enough. Yeah, yeah. DJ Chark is fast. He hasn't really done anything this year, but they they got some pieces out there. Um, but yeah, the Sun God is really the the key there. And they got grit. 
They got some straight up G R I T on defense, so that's Rodrigo. a problem. And Jeff Okuda is finally playing closer to his first round talent. Right, Hutchinson, like all that good stuff. So we should win this game. We need to win this game. Don't say that. Don't say we should win this game. Don't ever say that again. I'm saying we need to win this game. We should win this game. What I'm also gonna make a point of is that we're not even gonna talk about what else is happening. What else happened this week in the NFC? Because it doesn't matter. What matters is right here and right now and going into Detroit and shutting up all the critics. There, I could do it again. I got them back into the the mode, guys. You're welcome. And with that being said, go Pat Go. Go Pat Go.